The Buffalo Bills continue stacking wins, improving to 12 and 3, taking down the Chicago Bears 35 to 13. You are now listening to the Watering Buffalo Podcast with your hosts, Justin Goddard and Andrew Chang. Bills Mafia, welcome into another episode of the Wandering Buffalo Podcast, a show on the Buffalo Fanbase Podcast Network. My name is Justin. I will be your host tonight. Um, this show is brought to you by 26 Shirts. Uh, if you haven't done so already, we've been talking about them for a while now. Um, go ahead and check out 26 Shirts. Um, just super killer uh, t-shirt designs. They do great work in the community. Um, so listen, we're all getting Buffalo beer, Buffalo Bills gear anyways. Um why not, why not do it with a place that's given back to the community? Um, we're also brought to you in part by our friends over at BetStamp. Um, if you're doing any gambling, it's legalized in New York now for sports betting. Um, check out BetStamp. Um, think of it as like an Expedia for, for your gambling lines. Um, it's going to let you shop your lines across multiple platforms, FanDuel, DraftKings, any of those. Um, it's going to tell you where you can get um, the best odds. Um, so if you're going to be betting anyways, you might as well get the biggest return on uh, investment for yourself. We're going to talk tonight about the Bills taking down the Chicago Bears in a game that I think most people, you know, had this as a pretty obvious win. Um, certainly might have felt a little bit different watching the first half of that game. Um, and I've spoken to a lot of people about this game and keep coming back to conversations about, you know, how we were really dominating teams in the beginning of the year. And yes, uh, I will agree that those stress-free games, you know, Sunday, one o'clock, Bills go out and drop a 40-burger on somebody, nice, easy day, carry on. Um, Those are super fun. Uh, But this game against Chicago is the exact type of win I'd like to see the Bills get at this time of year. And is that to say I would have, you know, been upset if the Bills came out and just straight up stomped them? No, Uh, I'll take that all day. But this is a win getting into the cold parts of the year, playing with some weather, um, some wind, some cold. And the Bills had to come out here and win in a different way. And, in particular, the the road to the Super Bowl in the AFC right now, uh, it's not paved with domes in warm weather. Um, you're talking the top of the AFC right now. You're talking Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo. Uh, the, the top end of the AFC right now are teams that play outside in the cold, in the conditions. Um, so this is kind of, you know, that little pre-playoff gut check of of can you do it can you can you win in those elements and then throw on top of that Josh Allen didn't have his best game Um, there's so many games that we kind of get behind a little bit and we're just waiting for the Josh Allen heroics to to bail us out and it it happens a lot Uh, but to see to see a game in, in which Josh didn't have that Superman game um, we'll get to his stats down the down the way here, um, but obviously, if you watch the Bills all season, you know two pretty bad interceptions, um, just 
not the best decision making that we've seen from him uh, to be able to to come out of this game with a win and not only that for for the way the game started um to end up having you know such a dominant win by the end of the game um very encouraging to see as we get um into the playoffs here um obviously you know some of the stuff we saw out there today some of the interceptions some of the sloppy ball handling um it's gonna end up costing you one of these games and you know when you're playing a cincinnati Bengals, when you're playing the chiefs um some of that the top class of the afc you're not going to get away with as much um but able to get it done today and uh anybody that listens to the show knows that i'm typically starting off on the offensive side of the ball we're starting with qb1 josh allen um, but in this game, I, I had to switch it up, and I'm starting on the defensive side of the ball. Um, just, to me, an all-around great team defensive effort, and that's starting with the big boys up front. I mean, you allowed, and don't let's not get it twisted here, Chicago's not uh, some world-beating offense. Um, they're not some juggernaut. Um but in particular, you know, they are leading the league in rushing yards. They're averaging almost 200 yards a game. Um, in particular, that guy, Justin Fields, is <laughs> a pretty good runner. And we we're really able to kind of suffocate their run game. And we've seen this a lot with Bill's teams in the past. And I've talked about it on previous shows. Uh, when we have a rushing attack coming into town with one of those monster names, you know, you think of Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, uh, Lamar Jackson. Typically, we do a very good job of keeping those players in check. And that's what we saw here against Justin Fields. This dude came into the game with a thousand yards rushing uh, as the quarterback. And, you know, a lot of people have been making the Lamar Jackson comparisons. I think they're two, I guess, kind of similar players, but also very different. Um, Lamar's kind of like that pure burner speed. Um, Justin Fields has some of that Josh Allen physicality, um, breaking tackles in him. And to have him come in here and hold him to 11 yards on seven carries most of that coming like in the first drive um just huge kudos to the defensive line um the defense as a whole for being able to contain him Uh, and when we look at the that rushing attack averaging almost 200 yards a game they come in we hold them to 80 yards total um and then what the defense as a whole was able to do what the defensive line was able to do um notch two sacks and 11 tackles for loss. And I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that I didn't have, you know, some sort of panic when uh, Von Miller went down. Um, I, I do still think that's a huge loss to this team. Um, especially when we get into the playoffs, he's kind of brought in to be that game closer. But what this defensive line has been able to do since he's gone out the the players that have stepped up and really kind of filled that void, I've, I've been very impressed with. Um, like I said, 11 tackles for loss on the game. I'll just run through some players real quick. Uh, Ed Oliver with a sack, uh, two tackles for a loss, pass breakup. Shaq Lawson, 
uh, two tackles for a loss. Jordan Phillips tackled for a loss. Tim Settle tackled for a loss, fumble recovery. Uh, AJ Epinesa in there with a sack and a tackle for loss, and Groot with a tackle for loss. Jonathan, or I always get this backwards. Kingsley Jonathan comes in. He gets tackled for loss. I had to. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of the Bills. I I saw him get that. Uh, monster tackle behind the line of scrimmage. I had to look up <laughs> who number 59 was real quick. You know, he's getting involved in there. Um, so just overall, a, a great effort from the defensive front. And in particular, two guys standing out for me in this game um, were Shaq Lawson and um, Greg Rousseau. And just their patience and their discipline to kind of set that edge and keep everything to the middle to let Oliver, um, Daquan Jones, Tim Settle, um, Jordan Phillips all work up the middle and kind of collapse that pocket. Um, Justin Fields is a guy that you don't want, you know, getting the outside. And I really only saw that happen. I think one time it was like an eight yard game gain. Um, but yeah, they great job controlling the run game, and in particular, uh, Justin Fields. The other thing I loved about this defensive line um, was when they weren't getting to the quarterback, they were all getting their hands up, and we saw uh, two, three, four batted balls at the line of scrimmage. Uh, that's just defensive line 101. If, if you know you're not getting home, get your hands up, get it in the passing lanes, affect the pass. Uh, maybe break up a pass, and it's something that we've seen quite often throughout this season, and it, it's it's honestly one of my favorite um, things about this defensive line as a unit. Um, very good at getting into the throwing lanes and affecting passes. Um, the rest of the defense, I thought <clears throat> Milano and Edmonds both had um, very good games. Um Kind of a bounce back we saw last week. They they struggled a little bit. Um, the play that really stands out for me with the linebackers is um, Milano getting Justin Fields in the open field. And uh, I'll give Justin Fields all the credit I can for what kind of player he is in the open field uh, when, when he's running with the ball in the open field. That's not an easy play to make. And... Um, Fields was kind of, you know, stumbling on that play a little bit, uh, probably a little easier to bring him down, but the way Milano was charging that Fields was going down either way. Um, he, he kind of broke down for that half second to make sure he wasn't going to get shook and just closed and finished the play. Um, uh, so I thought the linebackers really benefited from the defensive line play. They were able to play free, um, uh, just Overall, uh, a, a very good game from them. And then the secondary, I thought, also had a pretty nice game. Um, obviously not a prolific passing offense, um, not a ton of snaps, um, but hold Justin Fields to 15 completions on 23 attempts, 119 yards, and one touchdown. And <clears throat> that was the touchdown right at the beginning of the game where he kind of waiting to hit the reset button, and uh, nice play. It looked like a pretty busted coverage from the Bills. You kind of hope that wasn't foreshadowing for the rest of the game. Um, 
and it didn't end up being being that. Uh, <clears throat> I thought Demar Hamlin looked better in this game. Um, obviously, a guy that I have talked about struggling a, a bit in the past couple weeks. Um, I think he's very good in run support. He does have his share of missed tackles, um, but when he's able to get in there, he's able to you know affect some plays. And then the position battle that we've been kind of watching all season um, at cornerback too, I thought Dane Jackson had some moments where he did get beat. Um, but then you also see him come back with that um, with the forced fumble. And that was just a great play by him. I think that's part of why you're still seeing even this platooning between um, he and Elam is what the coaching staff trusts him to do even after giving up some plays. Um, he seems to have like some super strong mental toughness and short memory because um, he, he just keeps competing and and he's had his miscues. Um, definitely a guy that we've talked about having some rough games on this show. Um, but I thought in this game he did have some bad moments. I did think he had some uh, some shining moments to kind of make up for it a little bit. Um, the the one negative I guess I can say about this uh, this defense here is uh, Trey White and Demar Hamlin cost each other in interception. Um, in in you know the game script version of it, I I believe it was on fourth down and it would actually have been better off to <laughs> to not pick it off. Um, but Trey, Trey wanted that one. He wanted it bad. And, and that's one of the times, uh, I'll take like a 10 yard L to see an interception. Um, but other than that, great game. Um, to me, a little bit of sweet retribution. I was super excited to see Peterman come in the game. Uh, obviously ends the game on an interception, you know, it's not vintage Peterman like we knew him. When we had him on the Bills, you were getting only the highest quality of interceptions. You know, that one was a Hail Mary, chuck it at the end zone and see what happens. Um, but hey, an interception <laughs> nonetheless. He finally hit a Bills player. Uh, but that's about it for defense. Do want to touch on special teams. Um, shaky game for the teams today. Um I'll start with Sam Martin. He was another, you know, glowing bright spot for me. Um, even in, you know, the tough position of being backed up against, you know, your your own end zone, the back line of the end zone, gets the punt away. Overall had a great day punting. Haven't really seen miscues from him other than I think there was one blocked punt this season. I I don't really put that too much on the punter. Um but I think he's been a great addition to the team. How many, how many times we talked about, you know, the high variance of Corey Bajorquez and who he was as a holder, uh, and then we moved into Matt Hawk. He's a great holder, but he's not a very good punter. Sam Martin's doing it all for me, and a okay with that. Uh, Mister Reliable Tyler Bass. Um, had probably his worst game of the season and uh I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hit any panic buttons over this it was you know a weird weather condition day 
Um, some pretty extreme wind going on. A little concerning that, you know, the Bears didn't seem to have much issues um, with their with their field goal kicking. Um, but we saw two pretty bad misses from Tyler Bass that he just didn't seem to to hit the ball very good. Neither of neither of his misses looked like they had much of a chance at all. And then um, in the return game, Naheem Hines, uh, I'm going to chalk this one up to the wind moving the ball a little bit as well. Um, he had the, the one punt return. He was at about the 25, and he lets it bounce. And, you know, also the ball just takes a beautiful Chicago bounce. That's about as good as you can ever hope for. Um, thought maybe it would have been a dangerous to fair catch that one, but ends up, you know, Hindsight's twenty twenty. You don't usually expect it to roll right down to the one yard line, um, but then we also saw the uh, kickoff where he kind of mishandled the ball and starts going this way, and the ball's over there, and you know ends up not being anything costly. Actually, got a decent return on it for what it's worth. Um, but just a couple situations again don't end up mattering in this game, but something that could end up biting you when you're when you're playing that top level talent um just something to keep an eye on um but that wraps it up for the defense and the special teams stick around when we come back we're going to talk about the offense in this game bills mafia it's your boy justin from the wandering buffalo podcast here for our friends over at bet stamp if you're not familiar with bet stamp it is a line shopping app for all sports betting um, that's going to help you get the best odds when you're placing a bet. Uh, so think of Betstamp as like a Trivago or Expedia for placing bets. Um, so it's going to search across all the major um, betting platforms and make sure you're getting the best odds. Um, so if you're going to be doing sports betting anyways, why stick to one gambling app when you could get better odds going across multiple platforms? Uh, you want to make sure you're getting the most return on your investment. BetStamp also lets you track all your previous bet history, uh, see what's working for you, uh, what's not working, what trends may be emerging. Uh, make sure that you're making the most educated bets you can going forward. Uh, check out BetStamp today and start cashing in on your bets tomorrow. Hey, this is Bill's Vader. Now back to the show. <laughs> Bills Mafia, welcome back in, and thank you again for joining me on this week's episode of the Wandering Buffalo Podcast. I uh, hope you and your families had wonderful Christmas holiday season. Everybody's safe and warm. Uh, you know we're dealing with some weather out there in Buffalo, uh, so hopefully everybody made it through safe and happy. And Bills win cheered you up a little bit even more on these cold days. Uh, we're going to dive back in talking about the offense and. We're going to start out talking about Josh Allen and obviously not Josh's best day. Uh, he went 15 for 26, 172 yards, uh, two touchdowns, two interceptions, adds obviously the rushing touchdown, um, only got sacked once. And this is kind of the beauty of Josh Allen to me. Um, it's so easy to see a game like this and be like, yeah, Josh wasn't good today and kind of pile on whatever. Uh, I'm old enough to remember the days of the Trent Edwards, the JP Lossmans, the 
Jeez, Jeff Toole, Thad Lewis, just this myriad of quarterbacks that we had. Um, that if they put up a stat line like this, we would have been over the moon. You know, three touchdowns. Yeah, he threw two interceptions, but three touchdowns. Uh, just so great to have a quarterback that this is about as bad of a game as you ever see from him. And he still accounts for three touchdowns. Um, still makes plays with his arm. Uh, still, you know, has that run um, for a touchdown. Um, also threw a two-point conversion to Khalil Shakir. So overall, you know, definitely some things to clean up there. Um, I, th- I think one of the bigger things that's not really talked about enough is kind of that, like, two- to five-yard range where you got to kind of take a little bit off the ball. Um screen game, some of those quick running back underneath things. Um, the ball's coming in hot and just, you know, it's nitpicking with Josh Allen. He's one of the best players in the NFL right now. Um, definitely one of the best quarterbacks. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and perseverate on, you know, the game he had today. I'm going to take it as, you know, a weird weather game. He didn't have his best performance, and that was fine because we had other players um, step up and kind of make up the difference. And a couple of those guys that stepped up in this one, how about this two-headed running attack in Devin Singletary and James Cook um, combined for, what, 205 yards, ripping off nine yards a clip. Um, They both had a touchdown. And they're both good scampers uh, for touchdowns. And just seeing what these two looked like out there today uh, made me really excited for, you know, I don't, I don't expect to have 200 yards rushing between the two of them every week. That's, that's foolish. Um, but to see what they're able to do as a tandem, um, they're, they're kind of similar running backs, but also so very different. Uh, both very elusive guys, um, not necessarily gonna put you on the ba- on your back in the hole, um, but James Cook has that quick, shifty acceleration speed and makes people miss that way. Um, where Singletary has these, you know, make you miss in a phone booth, um, quick jukes, back steps, um, just kind of very different play styles, but also similar at the same time, and. We've kind of been looking for a little bit more out of the run game kind of throughout this whole season. It's It's been like situationally productive and, you know, we get out to a 2-3 score lead and they're they're able to get some success on the ground. I, I would say my biggest complaint in this game was a little bit of the play calling of, you know, I, I don't know how much you're going to take the ball out of Josh Allen's hands, but... In that second half, we started having so much success on the ground, um, start, you know, building a lead, and these dudes are ripping off nine, ten-yard scampers at a time. Um, This, for me, was a game where you're having that running productivity. Just keep feeding those dudes. Um, Let Josh Allen have an off day. Um, Milk the clock. Take away possessions from the Bears. Let's get out of here. Shorten the game. Get out healthy. Everybody go get warm. Um, so I mean, 
combined between the two of them, 23 carries, it's a little bit higher than we've seen out of this team um, for the most part. Uh, But I thought this was a game you could have gotten up to 30, 35 carries and really um, stretched out some drives and milked some clock. They, they bears weren't doing really anything to slow these dudes down. Uh, And I sure would have liked to see cook get get a couple more cracks at breaking that hundred. Not only to have 200 yard rushers, but um, as a rookie that kind of came along slowly throughout this season and has really been emerging over the last few weeks, just getting him over that hundred yard mark would have been awesome. Um, that I think that's maybe something that we celebrate more as fans than they do as players, but I, w- I would have loved to see him get there. Uh, as far as the passing goes, um, like I said, as Josh Allen has a bad day, the receivers aren't going to have a great day either. Um, but Gabe Davis, three catches on six targets, 45 yards, um, has the touchdown. Knox had three catches on five attempts for 38 yards and a touchdown. Diggs cut both of his lone two attempts for 26 yards. We're going to talk about that. Um, and then just a myriad of other players. The, this is the one thing that I'll say about the passing game that I really enjoyed. Just a ton of people getting involved, even if it was in a small role. Um, the ability to switch up who you're hitting them with um, when a defense is game planning for you and you know looking at your big targets, Diggs, Davis, uh, Singletary, Knox, um, just going down the list of other players that had receptions. You had Singletary, Gilliam, Cook, Beasley, Hines, Shakir, McKenzie. Uh, I'm sorry, McKenzie got targeted. He didn't get any catches. Um, just that ability to spread the ball around and, and get some people involved. Uh, I think it's going to be great headed down the stretch here. Um, I, I, my favorite thing about this receiving group this week is Dawson Knox. Um just continuing to be involved. Um, not the most insane eye-popping stat line, but he's getting the targets. He's making the most of them. Um, that one early in the game where <clears throat> he comes down on that cold turf and uh, probably just got the wind knocked out of him pretty good. Uh, but that that catch, the, the way he's able to climb the ladder to get up there, this is the type of stuff that Knox is able to do and become a mismatch. Uh, against teams and and to be another weapon um, when some of the when the receiving game isn't getting going um, another guy that you're able to look to Um, I think Davis had a a decent day on paper Um, I'm I'm still having some concerns about Davis Um, one one of the like most prolific things about him um, looking at the past two seasons is what he's been able to do like along the sideline. He's had some of the most ridiculous toe drag catches that I've seen. Um, just like a millimeter of field left there um, to be able to secure it. And then we saw the one in this game that he wasn't able to pull in. I, I know I can't, it's not fair to expect every one of those catches to be made, but in comparison to, some of these plays that he's been able to make that one on the sideline wasn't even close. Uh, I mean, 
and it wasn't the most ridiculous sideline catch I've ever seen him go after. And I, he had like a full foot out of bounds. So um, that obviously has the pretty tough fumble in this game. I mean, I know it's a weird play. The foot kind of came up and knocked the ball free. Um, I don't, you just got to be smart with the ball and protect it there. Um, still kind of been waiting for for Gabe Davis to really emerge and take the reins of that number two spot. And, you know, it's weird. He started out the season pretty strong and had that ankle injury. And it kind of coincided around the same time Crowder went out. So maybe it's a little bit of a combination of that, you know, not having that that Crowder guy in the slot to to be threatening, taking some attention off of him. Um, maybe the ankle's still just not right this far into the season. Um, but Gabe Davis going into the season was somebody I was super excited to take a step forward. Um and it kind of seemed like we were going to get that in the beginning of the year, and we're kind of still looking for the consistency there. And that becomes so much more important down the stretch here. Uh, as we've seen the last few games, Diggs and Allen kind of not being able to to get a connection. And, you know, we saw Diggs go without a target the, the full first half. Um ends up getting them right getting a target right out of half um just kind of feed him um but even on a day that you know the weather's weird and the defense is trying to just key in on taking him out of the game and you know force other weapons to beat you i mean end of the day i'm happy to have you know 200 yards rushing and some of these other guys being able to contribute in the passing game. Um, but the level of talent that Stefan Diggs is for this team, and this isn't just this game. It's been over the past uh, two, three weeks, defenses have kind of been able to shut him down. You need to find ways to manufacture touches for him. And it doesn't mean you have to you know, force throws on, on double moves down the sideline and everything has to be a 60-yard touchdown. They're... There's so much else that you can do to get him going, and we've seen it all throughout the season. Um, so, I mean, to me, a game script that doesn't involve six, seven, eight targets to digs, you're doing something wrong. And you can make it a wide receiver screen. You can make it quick slants. Um, we've seen, you know, some jet motion stuff. I, I don't know. However you want to call it, um, you need to... You need to have opportunities for um, Diggs to get the ball in his hands. Um, he's he's a high-energy player. He's a player that he'll make a play and get the whole team hyped for it. Um, just somebody that needs to, to be involved actively in every game plan. And I know this is uh, something that came up with Dayball. Um, Diggs had a little lull. I don't know if it was last year or two years ago. But he kind of came out and said something like, uh, you know, we're going to need him down the stretch. We're getting these other guys involved. Uh, I'm not here for that. You, he's the best receiver on your on your team. Um, probably, what, top two, three players on, on the roster. Um, if you want to, you know, kind of let him have a second half off after you get a big lead and get some of these guys more involved or – 
you know, space out his reps in the second half. If you want to do that once you get a comfortable lead, that's fine. Um, but you know, when you go into a uh, when you go into halftime losing to the Bears and your number one receiver hasn't gotten a target yet, something's got to give there. And you know, it, it seems like they made some adjustments at halftime. You know, tried to create more opportunities for him. He still ends up with you know only two targets on the game, um, two touches. So that one does start to give me a little bit of concern going down the stretch. And it's more in the passing game than anything because you're you're looking for some of these other guys to step up. Okay, you want to bracket digs the entire game and you're going to, you know, dare us to beat you one-on-one on, one on one with some of these other weapons. Well, it's not – it hasn't been happening. Um if if Diggs is is going to be pretty much taken out of the game, you need some of these other guys, you know, they need to be having 60, 70 plus yards um, to kind of make up for that difference. And, you know, Diggs has said in the past, like, I'm, I'm here for the wins. Like, if them focusing on me all game makes these other dudes shine and that's how we win, that that's fine. But need to see a little bit more from some of these other wide receivers because, again, the games are only going to be getting harder down the stretch, and if teams are able to take away digs, you need to get that production somewhere else. Maybe it continues to be, you know, in increased performances from the run game. Maybe it's some of these receivers stepping up. Uh, So something I'm keeping my eye on. Hopefully uh, next week, you know, playing Monday night football, hopefully we see a little uptick, a real bounce back game from Diggs because it, it has been a few weeks of kind of some some tough performances um, from from our wide receiver, and uh, we're going to need it against the Bengals. Um, so I do want to wrap up tonight talking about the offensive line, and I was very pleased with the offensive line in this game, um, kind of fighting through adversity, Mitch Morris obviously isn't able to start, isn't able to play this game. Um, we see Ryan Bates go down for about a half of football. Um, Van Roten's getting shuffled over. Uh, Brian Bates comes back in. They were able to really move people around in, in the run game. And <clears throat> yes, the, the running backs putting up these numbers are, are going to get the love. Um, but as I mentioned early in the show, um, these guys are good at making people miss, you know, after they get a yard or two down the field. Um, but also talked about these guys aren't going to run you over in the hole. Um, so the offensive line being able to open up those run lanes and really make this run game successful was huge to see. Uh, we that's something that's kind of been a struggle this year. Um, then also in pass protection, I thought for the most part kept uh, Allen pretty clean. You know, not not a ton of scramble drill going around. So, um, especially considering the circumstances, I I was very pleased with the offensive line. Uh, a couple programming notes, as I mentioned, the Bills are playing Monday Night Football next week, um, so we will be dropping um, probably either on Tuesday or Wednesday. It depends when we're able to get the show uh, all edited, cleaned up for you, so it's nice and neat. Um, but we will be doing a recap show just might be a day or two later. Um, 
huge game coming up against the Bengals. Um, you're talking, you know, one seed implications. Um, it's prime time Monday night football under the lights. Um, so huge game coming up and honestly, just overall a, a really good measuring stick of where the bills are as we get ready to head into the playoffs. Hopefully we're able to come away with the dub and start thinking about really locking up that one seed. That would be a huge step forward towards that. Um, so like I said, we'll be here next week to break down that game. Thank you again for joining me. If you've made it this far, do all the, do all the things for me, like share, subscribe, um, tell a friend, leave us a rating, leave us a comment. If you want to talk about something we've talked about on the show, um, all that helps us out really, really nicely to be able to bring this to you every week and, and let us know where we're at. So thank you again for joining me tonight. My name is Justin and, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Go Bills.